this one, The Crowds in the Dust. Um, last week, bringing you back up to speed, we had some um, name change memory, and uh, Paul made his first recorded sermon. Here was the closing line of his first recorded sermon. It went a little something like this. Take care that what happens, that what? <laughs> Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Reading, it's one of my skills. I was an English major. Uh, here's, and then uh, in the last line of the sermon, we had uh, Habakkuk, and I closed down on this last week. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. And I wasn't quite prepared uh, for this sermon, and I didn't feel like I framed it well, so I want to frame it well tonight and then push it forward. Habakkuk is writing uh, right at the time that Babylon is coming to stomp all over the world. Uh, and it's a pretty big deal. And so here's what happens in that storyline. Habakkuk realizes that God's going to use the military might of Babylon to bring his judgment on his own people was, was the big thing. And so here's the aha for you and I, that we don't get preferential treatment in life. Um, we still... We don't, just because we follow God, we don't get preferential treatment in life. And that's the context um, of the verse. And this is the verse that he closed down. And, and what I want you to catch in getting ready to move through the rest of chapter 13 tonight is that Paul says to his people, take care. Like, take care, like be on the alert that that impending military might that Babylon was bringing doesn't happen to you. Okay, so here we are finally into the very next verse. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue on in the grace of God. Now, wait, I just set up the whole thing that the stomp was coming. And so before we get there, know this. The immediate response to the message and the hope and the person of Jesus was huge and favorable. And so what do you think happened throughout the week, my young friends, who think about things as you read the Bible? What happened over the span of the next week? Questions and answers. What we might call today discipleship happened the whole week. And so uh, good stuff was happening. Now, here's the point where uh, one of my friends named J.R. R. Tolkien said this, there cannot be any story without a fall. Tolkien says all stories are ultimately about the fall. And so that is the setup to say this. We've seen the fall before. And so since you guys have been with me through Acts, what do you think is going to happen next? So let's go back in, make sure we got our context, because I'm going to say it this way. Many of the Jews, devout converts to Judaism, followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue on in the grace of God. Therefore, the question would be for you to talk about someone beside you, and then you can respond digitally to me. What came next? Rage, we've seen it before. Fear, we've seen it before. Jealousy, wonder, or the Holy Spirit. Take a second. And come up. You've got two hands. You can vote twice. Ready? Go. Me. So one, two, three, four, five would be one. And then one, two, three, four, five would be two. You can vote twice if you need it. 
Rage, fear, don't know. Okay, yeah, good. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, fives. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> two, five, two, five, two, five. All right, we'll take it. Here they come. All right, I got the text for you. It looks like this. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When some of the select Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. And then they began to contradict heaping abuse. So uh, the ones and the threes have it. Well done, my young friends. Um, this is where I want to get into a little uh, philosophical uh, piece that I'm wondering if you've run into yet. This is the part of my sermon where it's philosophical, and I want to see if you've run into this. Um, uh, have you guys on campus ran into the um, ran into the characterization that Christianity is arrogant or intolerant or bigoted yet? Yeah. Um, and so this is what I'd love to do really quickly is, is think through that, I, through that reality that I think a lot of us have hit. And I, I'm an easy target, right, when I say I'm a pastor and shake someone's hand. Um, and so here's the aha. Um, what, I, what, I, what I receive personally, and then you find your own story and navigate this one with me, is I get the question that how do I think I'm right and other world religions are wrong, especially when I looked at the vast amount of people that follow it, and sm smarter people than I, A, and then B, the, the ancientness of several other world religions. Isn't it arrogant that to claim and to, to make an assertion that Jesus is the way, right? Is the way to know God and to have peace with him is through Jesus. And here's what I will grant. A lot of people who give me uh, gentle pushback or, or violent pushback across the, the coffee shop is they'll say, he is a way. Like, I, I'll get a lot of just generosity about the person of Jesus, but to make him the only way is always met with tension. Um, new question. Did anybody go to Passion 2020? This couple of people, three, four, five of you. Um, so I watched the Ravi Zacharias uh, talk. Woo! You were there for that one? Didn't skip it, I hope. Josh, sleeping in on that one? Better not be. Um, Ravi says, uh, Ravi gave one of his hallmark teachings. Le legitimately, I listened to it, and he didn't say anything I hadn't ever heard him say before. But what he did was reiterate to me like this awesome, awesome, powerful statement. He says this, and see if you've heard it. All religions are superficially different, but fundamentally the same. Have you heard that in your, in your coming and going? And Ravi, yeah, says false. He, he flips it and he says, all religions are at best superficially similar, but they are fundamentally different superficially similar but fundamentally different and this is what we're finding out in our passage tonight we're finding out that there is some exclusivity claim that's being made by paul that's being met with conflict met with jealousy and so we'll look at the cause of that um and the response to it in just a sec but i need us to make sure that we are on the same terms like this. Whatever you and I believe matters, 
Because the things that we truly believe and hold to, they impact what we do. And so if fundamentally the things that I believe within a particular world religion are true and I believe them, then it fundamentally impacts the way I act and move in the world. By this, truth is exclusive. And so you can sincerely believe something and be sincerely wrong, which does not devalue you as a person. And I think that is the place where Christianity often gets its rap, even though everything I said there was very, very true. I can believe something sincerely and be sincerely wrong, and it does not devalue me as a person. And what I have to be able to do and what I'd love for you guys to grow in your capacity to is sit across from someone and ask questions and dig into the truth claims that are ultimately the outcome of worldviews or that are the originators of worldviews. I had this conversation with someone just this week. We talked about how a lot of the life that a lot of people who follow world religions, it looks and feels very similar to my life. Looking for the good in the world, valuing people. That feels very familiar and the same, congruent with other world religions. But the origination claim and the 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 ending claim of world religions when compared to Christianity are fundamentally different. And the fundamental claim example, just for one as a short, quick one, is the person of Jesus, that he died on the cross and rose again. And that then changes everything about the way I live and follow him today. But that's a fundamental origin claim. And now here's the deal. That can't be true fundamentally and Islam be fundamentally true where it says Jesus did not die on the cross. Someone was there in his place. Now, scholars have gone back and forth. Again, men way smarter than you and I and women and, well, Christian women. But you get my joke there. That's real, right? Because it changes the way that I move in my worldview. And so here's the aha for you and I, and it's the thing to catch right now. Because Paul, for his first sermon, is looking one fundamental re religion dead in the eye and saying there is an exclusivity about truth where we are dividing. And in the person of Jesus, we must find truth, which is incredible. Because it's not that Christianity is, Christianity is so arrogant. It's not that I am so bigoted as a follower of Jesus. It's that Jesus himself said, I am the way. And then he said, I am the truth. And so he in himself makes a way. And this is a story all told throughout the story of scripture. I'm very confident that Paul spoke as persuasively and more so than I just did. In fact, he gave claims um, and proof upon proof to the people in his town. And this was incredible. Uh, one of my friends would say that only a select number of Jews got up in arms and drove Paul out of town. And so here's that idea. Why were they so jealous? And, and commentators, I, I looked through several over this past week to figure out what was the cause of jealousy. And, and, and there's kind of two main schools of thought. 
One was the general population. I mean, if this room had 200 and 300 people bursting out the, out the walls, uh, then other campus ministries would be like, whoa, what's CSF doing? And they're like, man, that preaching is pretty great. Like, and they'll be like jealous of your teaching, right? That's one idea. The other idea is that the select Jews, right, when the Jews saw the crowd, and this is the one that I actually like a little bit better as I study it, the large numbers were of the Gentiles. Is a lot of the thing. And then all of a sudden, the people who were not quite right to come in to the synagogue and to be taught, now all of a sudden they were flooding on the Sabbath and, you know, were dirty. And so here's the aha. It is about jealousy that uh, Acts gives us about why they drove the men out and were filled with rage. And that's a, Tolkien's whole point. Tolkien's whole point is that you cannot have this without the fall. But Peter Jackson showed us what jealousy looks like. That still only counts as one. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Don't tell my wife what happens because she doesn't, hasn't ever seen this one. Oh, geez. I only made that mistake once. Now I'm letting you all not make it. <clears throat> Here comes the not-so-light portion of our sermon. So that was a, that was a little, little deep bass uh, light portion. Here comes the not-so-light portion. We've all seen jealousy before. Yeah, we've all seen jealousy before uh, in ourself. And so here is, here's kind of the walkout for you guys. I told you it was a short term. Um, how's your heart doing two weeks into the semester? We're two weeks into the semester. How's your heart doing um, when someone else gets credit or when you feel like you get slighted? When you are in a quiet space and you put your eyes on your internal world and what you find inside is resentment. Are you able to be still and look at that person with grace and with a, a future and words of comfort and hope that don't originate from you? Are you able to go inside your internal world find resentment, and treat yourself well. So here would be the, um, the mature question that you all are asking yourself. What are my indicators that I am, I am responding or I'm living 
with a place of jealousy or resentment in my world because it's not so wrong. Um, but I would love for you to be maturing Christians who are learning about your own indicators um, of resentment and jealousy. If you're up for 100 pages and some tears, um, I, a couple years ago, I picked teaching through the book of uh, First and Second Samuel only so I could reference this book every other sermon. And so if you've been around for a while, uh, you know that I love A Tale of Cre Three Kings as my top five books all time. And here's what um, Gene Edwards says about our heart. God knows, but he won't reveal another person's heart. But what he will do is reveal ours. There are answers to our questions when we turn them inward. When you challenge your long-held assumptions that you are the innocent one. Um, this is the heartbeat. Um, let me go a different route. Uh, if you're up for another 100 pages and a little bit more of a commitment, uh, we want to begin within the next couple weeks um, working through the CSF discipleship process. Uh, it's four semesters. You can go online to the big um, mint arrow, csfindiana.org slash discipleship. Um, and see four different semesters over the next week or two. We'll make sure to communicate um, and invite you into what a process would look like. But I looked over it today and made sure that there was some comprehensive paragraphs about what the CSF discipleship program over four semesters attempts to do. Here's how our story continues. Paul and Barney have to respond, and they do so boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Oof. This is a bold statement that, that Paul and Barnabas speak back to the Jews, that exclusive truth claim. And he says this right here, that God has always included the Gentiles. God has always looked for those who are far from him to be brought into his family, to be brought into his kingdom without arrogance that you are in and others are out and without jealousy that others are in and you are not. Always, always, always in the narrative of the kingdom of God, the outsiders become insiders. And here's the thing. Those in the synagogue, they knew the Old Testament and they could check the Isaiah reference. So there is no spoiler happening right here. And But Paul says, you have rejected it. This was an interesting one for me on the study side. Since you reject it, Paul uses the strongest possible verb that he can. He says, um, the verb they use is like throw away, thrust away. We've heard it in Acts 7. Stephen was in the middle of getting rocked, if you know what I mean. That's a joke. And then what happened was he was saying these words, and, and they were, they, those words were rejected. That's for the negative. However, there's a beautiful reality um, when Paul writes his book called Romans. And what he'll say in Romans is that God, for the positive, did not reject me. So in the strongest possible words that you can push away someone to the negative, God did not do that to you and I. In the strongest possible words, uh, Romans 9 through 11, if you want to read it for yourself, you guys could go um, 
and then we could grab coffee. I'd love to tell you all about it. Um, the weeds can get just a fuzzy bit deeper right here. When the Gentiles heard, you did not consider yourself worthy of eternal life. When they heard this, they were, uh, and so I would go to the Gentiles. The Gentiles were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed the word of the Lord spread. Now, um, this is where, um, yeah, we get a little tension. And so I, what I tried to do is break the two verses down and just want to want to call out loud um, some weedy bits here, right here. Okay, so what you have on, on the left side um, is, is a, yeah, just... Hello, tension. That's all this thing is. Um, we have to speak the word of God to you because you reject it. Uh, and then the Gentiles are glad and honored. And so this is this idea on one side of the, of the red line that says that um, I have a voice and a role to play in who I ultimately um, become as a Christ follower and for eternity, which is the, the tension space. And then on the right side of the line, all who are appointed. And this is where we, one of the places throughout Scripture, we see the predestination camp. And so, again, I did some deep diving into this. And what we find is the language. So we have language built into here um, with particularly how we want to use the word tasso. Um, and so tasso means... Um, to ordain or to assign someone a certain classification, that would be the predestination side, appointed, tasso means to ordain. Then the other side of the line would say that God has made a way and we have to respond. And they would um, call tasso to inscribe or enroll. Let me say it again. This idea of all who were appointed is the verb tasso. And you could either be ordination, and that is to assign someone, or you could call that tasso, meaning to enroll. And so what you have here is this idea of how to think through. And ultimately, we will not fix this tension in a, in a terrible sermon. No, an awesome sermon, which all, everybody's coming to. I get it. Big room. Here's the aha. Always, 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 whenever we read these tension places in Scripture, this is what we have to know. That God's purposes and outcomes will never be in doubt, even though we as humans will wrestle through the meaning. Like we are in that space when we read this. Um, yeah, I love that. All right, I'm going to keep rolling. Here we go. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jewish leaders will incite God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They will stir up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expel them from their region. Um, what I have here is the closing line of tonight and then uh, a way more interesting close than me. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. So here's the closing. We got one reminder, one invitation and ascending. Um, this shake the dust I highlighted there so that way you could totally see it. Um, this is the ultimate sign of Jewish rejection. Uh, we saw Jesus talk about this uh, throughout the New Testament. And uh, this idea is what Paul and Barnabas do as a physical sign which you all immediately cued into your head. So I have Custom crony, got some dirt on my shoulder. Could you brush it off for me?
Okay, there we go. Had to throw that in. All right, so that's the reminder. <laughs> that's the reminder. <laughs> Had nothing to do with uh, the dust. The dust is just the physical, the physical sign of, uh, of rejection. Okay, here's your invitation. Here's your invitation. Um, the invitation is to uh, the trip that has been mentioned a couple times, and I, I yelled out from the back that uh, Ben Geiger is here. Uh, ben has been on uh, two different mission trips this year. Uh, I got to go on one with him, and then he did not take me on the other one, but he took Sarah, so, I mean, favoritism, whatever. So uh, just a short version, Ben, of... of uh, Thank you. Yeah. A uh, short version of the trip and, um, yeah, what we're going to do. Okay. It is May 10th through the 17th. I got that. We are going to Agua Viva School in Guatemala. I personally have not been there, but have heard amazing things. Um, Brad Pontius, our outreach minister, is going on this trip, and he's awesome. Um, he was giving me just, um, it's a school. It used to be a home um, because of work being done inside the country. They've moved away from that, but it is. So we're going to be working primarily with the school. Um, he said it was started by a woman um, who, just a godly woman, loves the Lord, and has a passion for the people in that area, kids in that area. She started this school. Um, these kids were pretty much destined um, to be farmers, um, but now there's just hope and options for them, and it's the top school in Guatemala. And it's hoops. And hoops. They got hoops there. I picked this hoops. picture especially for Ben because of, of the hoops. Uh, here's another picture for you, and so we got some of the, some of the kids. One of the question marks of traveling to uh, Spanish-speaking countries, you don't speak Spanish. No, that's Spanish. No, Espanol. <laughs> no bueno. So what's it, so I went with with him, and you guys should see this guy working his magic on the kids when they don't speak the same language. What's that like? I did all right, right? Thank you. Yes. With the translator. Okay. Translator. There we go. Uh, so yeah, here's some of the kids is in the school. Basically, if you have a cell phone, you're qualified because they don't care about you trying to speak Spanish. And just smile. You just <laughs> smile, and they're curious about taking pictures on your phone. That's Maddie. P.S. If you guys didn't recognize that one, I uh, got one more shot here. Uh, um, ben, tell me real quick about the serving and team. Like, just why, why is that such a why are mission trips unique in that way? Yeah, no, I, um, last year with them, the Honduras one, was my first um, mission trip out of the country, and um, I loved it. There was, what, 12 of us? 10 of yeah. us, 12 of us. And, um, and just by the end, it was amazing how close. I just came from hanging out with a guy that was on that mission trip, and he just raved and just said, hey, are you promoting Guatemala? He's like, tell them how awesome it is. And, um, yeah, just growing in community and faith and sharing the Lord. When the Spirit's at work, it does something. So um, it's a great opportunity would love. I've had a lot of people express interest, but we're at the point where rubber meets the road. I need people to actually commit. So um, you can register on our website, SOCC.org, um, to go to our College Young Adults tab, the page. Um, there's a link on there. It's $150 to hold your spot. We have plenty of fundraisers. Cheryl wanted me to make sure I promoted 
parents' night out is something our church offers our community parents. Um, and we, we count on college kids. You come help babysit for a couple hours, and you get a pretty nice chunk of change going directly towards the mission trip. Um, I also, through connections with Chick-fil-A, if you ever want to work an IU home basketball game, you can make quite a bit of money towards the mission tonight. trip through that. Too late for tonight, but there's other options. Um, and so, anyways, guys, it's $13.50 for the trip, which honestly is pretty good. Um, once again, 10th through the 17th in May. Um, please register. Register. And people stop telling me you're interested and just come <laughs> register with us. Uh, ben said it perfectly, and this is our walk out here. There's something about um, the Holy Spirit at work um, whenever you go and you're vulnerable. Uh, this is a space where if you don't have the language, if you've never been abroad, um, there is safety, and we account for all those elements, but there is something different about when you go and put yourself in a place of service for someone else. So, yeah, the Holy Spirit does the work. That's what we saw here in Acts. That's what uh, we're inviting you to May 10th through 17th. So it's good stuff. Can you pray for us, and we'll be done. Yep. God, thank you for today. God, thank you for your church and your community and just how it goes beyond church building walls. I praise you just for CSF in this awesome place. Thank you for the leadership just with Bill and Josh and um, just everyone here on staff and how um, they're investing in these students, God. And I pray that your spirit will start entering our hearts, entering our souls, and that you will use us um, as effective instruments to bring your kingdom to earth. And, um, and God, just ultimately to bring more and more people into real relationship with you. Um, but to guide people in that, God, we've got to have it ourselves. And so, Jesus, meet us where we're at. And um, I just pray for real, authentic relationships with you uh, moving on from here. pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.